there's about three types of supporters out there. And they really want to know how they can support a program. And so by communicating what your goals are and what your needs are for a, from a program perspective is really important. Welcome to Al Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Al Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders, Marshall Baker, Mike Ritalik, and Brian Myers. Anna Pratt, welcome to Owl Pellets. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, we are excited to have you here with us. So uh, you and I had a little chance to talk and to meet each other, but, but why don't you uh, kind of share with everybody else a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you're doing. You bet. So um, I grew up in southeastern Idaho on a cattle ranch and then came up to the University of Idaho, um, our land-grant institution, uh, to study ag education. And I graduated with my bachelor's in 2016. And um, I really loved being in the classroom, and I really enjoyed teaching, uh, but I wanted to continue my education for a little bit longer. So in 2019, I graduated with my master's degree, also in agricultural education. Um, and now I'm uh, living down in Twin Falls in southern Idaho, and uh, we'll work for the Idaho State Department of Agriculture as the Farm Forward Program Manager. So I'm excited for that coming up soon. Very exciting. I love the name Farm Forward. Very, very exciting. Sounds like we should be marching. It's phenomenal. <laughs> so um, give us kind of a quick overview about what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, so when I got into graduate school, I was really interested in the, the supporters and the stakeholders that were involved with agricultural programs. So a lot of the research that I found was asking about supporters from the ag teacher's perspective. And I really wanted to learn about them from their own perspective. So it took a while for us to figure out exactly what research needed to be done and, and how to pull it off. Um, but I, I loved my thesis project. It was an absolute blast. Uh, to, to do the whole thing. I mean, it was hard, but it was a blast. So um, essentially, we wanted to learn about different types of supporters, what their preferences were, and kind of what their experiences are while they're supporting ag programs. Excellent. Well, you know, we, we do a, we, a lot of conversation we've been having so far this year has been around how do we support ag teachers and what does that look like and what are the expectations and goals and, and this supporter group you've been talking about is a big piece of that. So I, I am on the edge of my seat. Give me that. What's, what's the key find here? What is the answer to all of our problems right now? So the answer to our problems is um, that we need to do a better job of communicating what our program goals are and that there are there probably we think there's about three types of supporters out there. And they really wanna know how they can support a program. And so by communicating what your goals are and what your needs are for, from a program perspective is really important. Um, and the three types of supporters that we identified all have different reasons that they support the program, but um, understanding what the goals are and how they can help was really important to all of them. Wow, look at this. You, you, you're like made for this. You're like giving it, like teasing us all these answers, the three types, but not going to quite tell us, going to make us ask. That's, that's fantastic. As, you, as, you, as you're thinking about those things, my first thought was going back 
and this wasn't a local program, but this was that statewide. And we had a, a supporter of ag education in this state who was passionate about ag ed and really wanted to help, had some political power behind this person, was always telling ag ed's story. Unfortunately, he was telling a 1970s version of school-based ag ed in the early 2000s. And so mm -hmm. what ended up happening is he was out there promoting ag ed very passionately, but then these folks would come and see what ag ed was doing now and there would be kind of a disconnect from that. So, you know, maybe, maybe, one, maybe that's one of your three types you've got in there. So tell me, tell me more about that. We tell me what we do with somebody in, in that situation. Yeah, it's, I think another part of this research that um, we really love to find out was who are the people who are supporting the program that maybe an ag teacher is not crazy about having their support. So, so that was, uh, that was a group that we kind of selected for. Um, so when we started into the research, we had to choose a really diverse group of supporters. So we ended up finding 50 people across the state of Idaho that fit all these different categories of types of supporters. And so some of them were people who we specifically seeked out who weren't, um, weren't, didn't like the program that they were currently supporting, uh, that had some different ideas than the ag teacher and uh, were a little, there was some contention there. So uh, my heart goes out to those individuals that are trying to figure out those relationships. But um, the three types of supporters that we found the first type uh, we call developers. So these are the folks who they really see the program and the community as um, interrelated. And they think that if they want the ag teacher to do something new in the program, then the community has to step up and help them do that. So they want diverse opinions. They don't mind that people wouldn't get along and that there's kind of some, some contention on figuring out how to make the program really successful. Um, they're really excited about mentoring new supporters and they really they uh, reported a lot that appreciation for them just needs to be small it just needs to be you know small thank yous and um, a, a student walking up to them in the in the grocery store saying hi and so the first type of supporters that we found are really your community cheerleaders they want everybody to get in together and try to help the ag program the second type we called amplifiers. And these are the folks who we really thought um, they see their, their support as a specific purpose. So they have something in the program that they want to help with and uh, they want to do that job and do it well. And then, you know, maybe they're not going to support for the whole year, but they'll do a really good job on the things that they're asked to, to asked to do. Um, and then they, uh, they really see their program success through the, the student's career success. So, you know, if, if I was to do this research again, this type two is really interesting to me. And I think that they'd be more of our industry and people who are involved in agriculture. Um, so then type three, we call the visionaries. So these are folks who want kind of a close knit group of people who all have the same vision for the program. And they want a, a close connection to the ag teacher they want to really understand the students, and uh, they want to um, they they want the ag teacher to really understand what their skills are, and um, how they can benefit the program. So these folks 
a lot of them said they want to be interviewed before supporting the ag program so that was a new thing to me kind of interesting wow very interesting and i want to go back and talk like you said that, that group two really sounds exciting to me and, and i guess i'm putting my own bias in here I, I would argue that probably most ag programs i'm familiar with and myself included do a very poor job of engaging this type two person in their program i mean the very specific yeah somebody that wants to do this one thing and do it very, very well and then get out and leave the rest of it alone. We, we want this person that's going to be around to, to flip hamburgers one day, help with the livestock show the next and whatever else the next day, that sort of thing. So can you talk to me any more about that group too, what they were looking for and about maybe how we can help ag teachers listening to this, do a better job of engaging this type of supporter? Yeah, so it became really apparent when we started talking to people about time commitment that there were two distinct perceptions around what they expected the ag teacher to expect from them. So the type two, um, you know, they say, I don't expect the ag teacher to ask me to come do something so that they can go spend more time with their family. I want them to ask me to do something that they can't do, that they you know, that they don't have the connections for. So, you know, there's a, a welder in a community that we talk to and he says, it's my role to help this ag teacher engage in the community and find resources for these students that they just don't have the resources to do by themselves. So they also don't wanna come to evening meetings that last three hours, you know, they, they want a specific job and they want the ag teacher to, to know their skill set and to kind of say, you know, here's my needs for the program. Which one of these things do you think that you could do for me? So very outcome based. They want to evaluate their support so that they know whether they're doing a good job or not. Um, I think one of my one of my top recommendations for an ag teacher that's going to work with these types of folks is to just be really transparent about what your needs are as a program because they'll kind of come out of the woodwork in a community and say, you know, hey, I saw in the local newspaper that this ag program has a certain need that I think I can fill. Uh, so communicating those needs, I think, is really important for that type too. And I guess, you know, and, and being, um, kind of leaving our ego at the door, you know, because ag teachers, we kind of want to think we know, we know this stuff and we may be uncomfortable admitting to, a, especially a community member that we may not know something and we need them for it, but communicating with them. So they're very clear because it sounds like that person wants to know exactly what you need from me um, to do it rather than, hey, can you come help my program? They want, no, I need you to do this particular thing because, and because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and I think a lot of ag teachers have gotten into trouble with folks like this sometimes because they don't want to be told how to run their program. And it is their program. They're the one responsible for the student success. You know, it's they're, they're the ones that are accountable for all of the, the program um, projects throughout the year. And so I understand why an ag teacher would be a little bit skittish about having somebody come in who, you know, is, is claiming expertise in one certain area. But you're exactly right. I think it takes vulnerability and just an understanding that um, the, the program is better off if there's a expert in different areas and the, the teacher doesn't have to do everything and be everything. 
right? Because, you know, we talk all the time on here about the, the breadth of the curriculum, how an ag teacher, you know, you're teaching everywhere from agronomy to forestry to food science to vet science to economics, you know, you name it, the breadth is out there, welding, electricity. So, you know, I think there's a lot of things on there to be, to be thinking about, but I think you bring a good case. Um, in a lot of parts of the country, talk about the ag mechanics piece, piece of things is a lot of our, our teachers are having less comfort, being less comfortable in some of those areas of ag mechanics. But if you can bring somebody in and say, I don't need you to teach ag mechanics, I don't need you to sell fundraisers, but I want you to, to help me with welding, or I want to help you to help me with wiring, or very specific kind of a thing that's their expertise, sounds like a, a way to, to do that and try to focus on, on those pieces. And I found it interesting the way you said that is they, they didn't want to, to be asked to do something to free up time for the ag teacher. They wanted their expertise to be valued. So that's, that's yes. kind of the whole idea of, of volunteering. Can you tell me any more about that whole idea that they're, they're doing this to be valued, not just to relieve the teacher on something? Yeah, so there's, in the research, what we had people do is kind of organize a set of statements and it brought out um, their preferences and, and their beliefs. So one thing that all of the supporters that we interviewed had in common is that they felt that they could add something to the program, that they could add insight or um, resources. So, so they really feel like they have a place in the program and uh, they want to provide, to provide value to the students and the teacher. So that was interesting too, of all of the diverse perspectives that we gathered, everybody had the same kind of, you know, passion for students, passion for the program, and they wanted to make a difference. Yeah. So I think, I think as, you know, as you're getting ready, we talked to ag teachers about this, it's understanding that the vast, vast majority of, of these folks who want to support her, they, they have the best intentions in mind. They, they really want to help. And 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 even if they're if it we come across and they're trying to tell us what to do, that's really not what that's really not what they're meaning to do. They're not trying to take over. They're just trying to have that value. And so what advice or tips do you have for ag teachers out there as we try to engage these different groups of supporters want to make the to make the ag teacher's job easier? Because if you're gonna be a supporter, you should be helping support the ag teacher, not causing and adding one more thing that the ag teacher has to do or worry about to do that. Yeah. So what kind of insights do you have for that? Yeah, I think that that's a really good question because ag teachers um, really report that the time that it takes to work with a supporter is one of the reasons that they don't work with supporters because um, it, it takes a lot of input. Um, what I would recommend is really getting to understand who you have in the room. So whether that's a survey that you give out to a supporter group or um, it's just one-on-one -on -one conversation that you have. Understanding the motives that a supporter has for supporting a program, I think is really important to helping you understand how to manage that supporter and how to, how to be in a successful uh, partnership with them. I think a lot of times, like you said, it's a one, come one, come all. Uh, let's come hamburgers and see if you have a, a, a way that you can help. And if you don't, then that's okay. You can just come and hang out with us. And that doesn't work for everybody. So when we start working with supporters, we've got to understand who's, who's there and why they're there. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the thing is, you know, 
as I'm thinking, and again, I keep going back to this group two that you talked about. I can't even remember, all I remember is group two. I can't even remember the name you, you the name that you gave them. Amplifiers. Amplifiers, yes. Yeah, pretty professional, I know. <laughs> no, that's great. It's just too big of a word. I can't remember all those big big words. Um, those amplifiers is like, how do you find them? Because mm -hmm. they don't they don't seem to be the person that's gonna show up and say, Hey, we're gonna have an alumni supporters meeting on Thursday night come and, and visit us. I don't think those people are showing up there, are they? I agree with you. Absolutely. I, one of the things that I think is really interesting is, you know, these are the people who we defined as supporters and ag teachers defined them as supporters, but I'm wondering about stakeholders, the people who have a vested interest in the program, but they're not involved. That's the group that if I was to do a second thesis, that's who I'd study. Um, but I think that uh, the way that a lot of this group two uh, participants talked about being recruited is the ag teacher going into their place of business and again with that vulnerability piece saying, here's my goals for the year, which one of these do you think you can help me with? And there were three different individuals that said, I, I was hooked. As soon as I knew exactly what I needed to do, I was ready to help. Yeah. Well, I think that's, and I hope all of our folks out there think about that because I'm a big believer. I, I go back and, and when I started teaching ag, I know I was, I was really lucky to have a, a strong supporters network that really helped get me through those first couple of years teaching. And I, I didn't have these categories for them, but I can see a lot of those, those people in there that did that. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of, I know there's a lot of horror stories out there that people are very, very, uh, gun shy about opening up too much because of the vulnerability and, and uh, because of a small group of of supporters who might have tried to overstep their bounds and take over the program but there's so much good stuff that can happen here and uh, with the breadth of content like we talked about no one person no one ag teacher can can be expected to know all of them yes so i don't know how much you looked into this but just from your own experience and things what how can you help coach up some of our ag teachers as they go to talk to administrators about bringing supporters into their program? Because, mm -hmm. you know, with, with the, there's a lot of, there's a lot more laws and a lot more clearances and screenings and those sort of things that a lot of times have to happen in certain places to bring community members in to actually have contact with, with youth. So trying to engage these different types of people, how, how does that conversation go with the ag teacher and with a, an administrator? Yeah, that's an interesting point as well. And there was a lot of supporters that don't really see the connection to administration and the ag program. You know, a lot of schools, the ag program is out across the parking lot. So they come to the FFA shop. They don't come to the principal's office. Uh, so I think that we need to do a better job of, of educating supporters and administration about that partnership and how important it is. Um, but one thing that I would recommend is to take a supporter with you to go talk to your principal or go talk to a school board about the role that those partnerships play in the, in the ag program and then the um, obstacles that you face every day in having those folks come into the school. Um, yeah, th there's a lot of schools that, you know, you have to get a background check to be a supporter or you have to go through a, a security clearance. So that is a big deterrent for a lot of a lot of community members i'm sure so having those conversations you know bringing people together in the same room and talking about how to make it work i think is really important it's easier said than done um, yeah. but 
but you have to for sure have somebody in the room who is experiencing those obstacles and, and knows what they're up against. Well, yeah, I think this is, this is phenomenal work. I mean, so practical and applicable to our ag teachers out there as we, we talk all the time about how to manage our workload, setting expectations, and part of that's going to be how do we engage this community of support around us to do this. These supporter groups that you've outlined are key to that. And really thank you for, for sharing those sort of things. And so what sort of, of parting advice or coaching do you have for ag teachers as they begin to try to rethink about how they're going to be engaging these supporters uh, in their local areas to help their own programs? I really like how you say rethinking because I think it is a different type of approach that an ag teacher needs to take. So I would recommend that you start from a needs-based perspective in thinking about where are the holes in my program? What are the things that I'm doing that I'm not good at, that are taking way too much time, that I might be able to find somebody else to do, and then, and then moving from there. Another thing that we found is that supporters really don't need a bunch of recognition. They just want um, personal relationships within the program. They wanna see the projects that students have been working on. And I think we, we think that we need to have these big banquets to recognize people and we need to give them plaques. And so, there's also things that we do with supporters that we don't need to be doing that we can we can kind of cut the fat and not do as many things um, as as maybe we have been taught to do so understanding what a supporter needs is really important as well so needs of the program needs of the supporter trying to make those two things line up that's my advice oh that's excellent and i love how you pointed out that Maybe some of the things that take up a lot of our time and energy that we think are being great recognition for our supporters are things they don't want. And that's actually, we could cut that out and actually relieve our time there as well as get the great support from them. Absolutely. Well, Anna, this has been fantastic. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing this with us. Um, I really encourage everybody as you listen to this podcast to engage with all the resources that we're going to be sharing with, uh, with this, this topic. Uh, engaging with Anna and, and her work with supporters as she now works for the Idaho Department of Agriculture. Going to be a great supporter for school-based ag ed, I'm sure, in that particular role as well. And Absolutely. so this is, again, outstanding work, and I hope uh, all of our ag teachers engage with this and really rethink how we're engaging our supporters in our local area. So thanks, Anna. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dr. Myers. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Socialize with us by following Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can join the conversation by adding your thoughts in the comments and sharing the podcast with others. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you, and we'll look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.